And now, back to your regular programming! You've never heard less productive analysis. Heard nationally, it's the Belief in FCS Football Podcast with Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Now joining us here on the FCS Football Podcast is Chattanooga head coach Rusty Wright. Coach, we're transitioning now. Spring ball wrapped up a little bit ago. We got summer conditioning and all that going on right now. How has the offseason been going so far for you and your team? Really good. Uh, really excited about how this group's working. Um, the accountability they have for each other, I think, has been better than it has been at any point in time since we've been here. Uh, the group's working really, really hard. Got a bunch of guys, and I know everybody says that. Uh, but I got some guys that are different, working hard, and it's uh, it's been fun to be around, fun to watch so far this first month. So, Coach, coincidentally, I've interviewed a, a couple other coaches so far that have a very similar backstory as you, where you you played at Chattanooga and then you worked your way up, and you're now the the head coach of the program. And I've always I've asked all these guys the same question, and I'm curious for from your situation, was this always the goal when you started getting into coaching? Was to become the Chattanooga head coach, or was it you just wanted to be a head coach in general? Well, I mean, the ultimate goal is to be a head coach, I think, if you're in this profession. Um, you know, did it help being here? I think so, because I knew where some of the problems were ahead of time. So it's been a little bit easier transition. Now we've had some obstacles along the way, you know, getting started. But uh, uh, I kind of know where our issues are. I kind of know what kind of kid we can recruit. I kind of know what kind of kid fits here. That helps a little bit. So that made that transition easier. Was I excited about having an opportunity to be here? Sure, I was. I mean, I think that's the thing because I think anytime you have uh, sweat equity built up into something, it means a little more and you try to do it a little better and, and we're all invested in it a little more. I think that they, that pushes you to try and make it as good as you can. So in your in your bio on the the Chattanooga website, it, it says that you you played tight end, but you also played center for a year. And, and I thought that was a little interesting. And I, I when I played, I used to joke with with some of the tight ends that you know you're one cheeseburger away from playing offensive line. But what, what was the circumstance there? Was it that they needed somebody to step up and, and play center? <laughs> yeah, so I was going into my junior year, and uh, the guy we had that uh, started center for us the year before wound up having appendicitis and uh, missing. Wow. So, um, excuse me, we didn't have anybody that played in a college football game that had ever snapped a football. So how they decided on me, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, uh, but that's, that's kind of how it was. The game was a little different back then. We were a split back beer team. We were doing things a little differently uh, than what, what's being done now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it taught me a lot about football. I mean, even though you're playing tight end, you're tied into the offensive line, you get split out, you're not dealing with the intricacies of, pass protection and those kind of things. It taught me a lot about the game. And that's really where, you know, I made my mind up. That's when I wanted to be a, a football coach and, and go do those things like that. So that kind of got me kick-started in that direction. Well, was it difficult, like, trying to get into a, an offensive line playing weight? Because I feel like that, that can be, like, a tough a tough transition on, a, on an offseason. I, I never made it to that. I promise you. <laughs> anything. I was about, let's see, I was about 250, is about as high as I got. You know, I was about 20 pounds heavier than I am right now, 25 pounds heavier than I am right now. So uh, I just, I couldn't eat that much. I just couldn't do it in that short amount of time, try and get it done. And, and you know, you just, you learn how to play. I mean, that's the thing. You learn how to play. You learn how to play with pad level and leverage and understand angles and, 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 and things like that. And that hopefully it made me a better football coach along the way, you know. Right. And you're talking about how that has impacted you as a football coach. Has that 
been a, a way that you can maybe motivate guys that, that transition positions at all, being able to, to share that experience with them? Well, I mean, I think it helps when you've done something you ne- might necessarily set out to do, uh, you know, and you did it because they needed me to do it. They asked me to, you know, his football team needed me to do it at that time. And, uh, you know, I can look at a young man and say, hey, I've moved to a spot I wasn't probably wasn't my spot, you know. So when you go from wide receiver to DB or DB to wide receiver, quarterback to tight end or, you know, D lineman to O lineman or whatever it may be, you know, the transition you make there, I can actually look at them and say, you know what, I've done that, you know. So I I understand it's not going to be great at first, but you just you keep sticking to it. You keep trying and you put put the best effort you can into it and it'll, it'll work out for you. Coach, it also says that you, you played with Terrell Owens, Hall of Fame receiver. Back when you were playing with him, did, did you and your teammates like have any like inkling or, or any moments where you're like, man, this, this guy is going to be a really good player at the next level? Because I, I was afforded when I played at Rhode Island, I had three guys that went on to play in the NFL. One of them's still on a roster. The rest are kind of floating around. But yeah. there were a couple of those instances where we, we knew those guys were going to make it. Did, was that the case with, with Terrell when you played with him? I, you know, early on, no. Uh, then, it, you know, somewhere between the middle of his junior year to the beginning of his senior year, I mean, he completely changed, completely changed his body, completely changed how he was working, doing those things. And you know, then going into that senior year, you're like, yeah, this guy's got a shot at going to the next level and doing that. He worked he worked really hard. Uh, wasn't a great pass catcher. You know, had a hard time. He struggled early catching the football, honestly, uh, when he was here. Uh, worked really hard at catching the football that last year and a half and got a little better. And then I think the best thing happened to you was he got drafted by the 49ers and he saw Jerry Rice and how a professional works and is and, and all those things. And I think if he goes anywhere else, he probably doesn't have the career he had, you know, to start with. Um, but I think, I think that, <clears throat> I think Jerry taught him how to, how to work and how to be a professional and how to prepare yourself and do those things. And then, you know, and it took off and couldn't be happier for a guy. So, so having being around him and then also you, you've, you've coached some guys that have had the opportunity to play at the next level, what do you think separates FCS players that are good enough to make it to that next level? Because it's, it's certainly not an easy transition jumping up from FCS to then going to the NFL. I mean, you know, football's football when it's all said and done. It doesn't matter what level you're doing it. I mean, they got guys that go from Division three to the NFL. It doesn't happen much, but it happens. Um, you, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is we tend to get guys that feel like they might've been overlooked and have a point to prove, you know, and have a chip on their shoulder to go get to the next level and show that, you know, all these people, you know, I mean, Cole Strange is from Knoxville, Tennessee, and, you know, he comes down here, starts for four years and, and, and plays a bunch of football and is, can play college football at any level, at any level can play college football, you know, uh, but I think that motiv- that might motivate him or some other guys, you know, to prove people wrong for missing out on, you know, and showing them what they missed out on. So, you know, but at our level, I mean, we got it, it, in every conference, every everywhere across this country in FCS football, there's good players. Always has been, you know, for a long time, have always been good football players at our level. And, you know, the majority of them, for whatever reason, People look at them as not being quite good enough to play and all that. That's not true. We got we got good football teams, good football players in this level, and, and they can go play with – we can go play with anybody on any Saturday. It's just a matter of those Saturdays hitting up right. Before we continue on with this discussion, folks, I do want to tell you about Bet Online today's sponsors – 
Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. Don't forget that the MLB is back. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. You mentioned Cole, and I, I was a big advocate for him during the process, and I, I thought that he was he was super underrated and, and has that ability to not only play guard, but maybe play center based on what he, he did at the Senior Bowl. And I even got to talk to him a little bit. He mentioned how it, it, things just really started to pick up after what he did in that that Kentucky game. Being around him like last season, like was there any point where you really felt that first round was a possibility? Because admittedly, as much as I wanted him to go on day two, I was pretty surprised that he ended up being a, a first round pick. I think when it, it happened for me, when we were down at the Senior Bowl and he was, uh, you know, they moved him into center and, and – he went and did it. You know, we were down there day one, first day they were in pads and, and uh, watching him go through all that stuff and go live against people snapping the football and doing that, which he'd done some of that for us, but not much. Uh, and he played tackle for us, mainly played, you know, guard for us. But uh, watching him go down there and do that, I'm like, this guy's value is going to rise because if he can do this this week, you know, and play center and you know he can play left guard and you know he can play right guard. Well, that's three guys wrapped into one and at that level, that's a premium, you know, just having the bodies be able to do that. So I didn't realize he'd go that high. Uh, he and I actually had dinner the Tuesday night before the draft and, and you know, I'm asking him, he's like, well, they're thinking sometime, you know, in the second, maybe, the, you know, late in the second, maybe the third. And then all of a sudden, you know, two nights later, there he goes getting his name called first round. And, you know, those folks know what they're doing. I mean, they're not going to take that time and investment, not not make sure they've got somebody they know they can count on for some time. And I think he ended up landing in a, in a really perfect situation because the, they have always, the New England Patriots have always developed offensive linemen so well, especially guys that can do multiple things. Like, Did you have any conversations with the Patriots leading up in the process? Or was that just, because I know that, they, they, you know, they do their homework. They come reach out to the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, scouts, uh, you know, training staff called a bunch the week before, um, had a long conversation on, you know, Cole's pro day with their head, their head scout, uh, you know, and they, they did. But I mean, I mean, who are we fooling now? Bill Belichick's done it for a long time, so he doesn't. <laughs> when it comes to knowing if this guy can play at that level or not, uh, he's. He's lost more Super Bowls than I'll ever go to in my lifetime. So, <laughs> you know, that's 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 the thing. So, uh, but we did. We had conversations with them, and they were around a bunch. We, you know, we had a lot of people around. So he was thoroughly he was thoroughly vetted and, and uh, talked to and talked things about. So, uh, you know, some of the guys I know called about him, and and uh, we had good conversations. But uh, yeah, not I never talked to Coach Belichick, so that's you know that's that's for sure. But I talked to a bunch of those other guys about him. So some uh, FCS fans might not know this or people that follow the NFL draft. You, you've got another guy in the wings that is uh, equally as physically dominant, McClendon Curtis, who has started for a, a good amount of time now uh, for your program. Having a guy like that returning as an experienced starter on your offensive line, what do you think that that means for you coming into this this next season? Well, it's stability. You know, I mean, that's the biggest thing is, 
it's a <clears throat> calming presence, a guy that knows what we want. Uh, you know, we only got a couple of guys coming back that have started a lot of football for us. We got another one that's played some for us that's going to start. So, he, you know, McClendon's got to kind of take the reins of that room and be really good with it and show them the work ethic because he and Cole worked out together the last two and a half, three years, you know, and uh, he's got to bring those other guys along and show them that's how we go do those things and that's how we do those things there. Um, good football player, great young man. Um, you, you know, that's that's the best part about it is, and that's what's been so cool to see what happened with Cole. And now hopefully, you know, we got two or three guys that will have an opportunity of getting drafted, I think, when it's all said and done. But, you know, seeing a, a young man like McClendon put himself in a situation where he'll have an opportunity to go do that is uh, pretty awesome. Chattanooga guy, too. He's a local product and uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal self-made young man. Yeah, and obviously rooting for him because that would be amazing to see back-to-back years getting Chattanooga offensive linemen drafted. And you mentioned some other guys that are, are capable of getting selected on the other side of the ball. Uh, Devonsha Maxwell was mm-hmm. so dominant last year, easily one of the best defenders in college football for, for the FCS level. And I, I would argue the best defensive tackle last year based on what he did statistically. What does he do so well that makes him, him so good for, for your defense? He just mixes that combination of power and uh, speed, you know, I mean, he can play the run as well as he can rush the passer. Uh, he's got a knack. Yes, he he's a smart football player in there, but he has he has a knack of of working people and sliding off and getting sacks. He has a knack of understanding, you know, where to be and how to be there to go make plays and and, and do that stuff. And he understands the defense and he puts himself in good position. Uh, but he is he's got to. I mean, it's. It's hard to find big guys like that now that move like he does strong and as powerful as he is, uh, you know, because he can throw some people around every once in a while if he wants to. And it's really hard, you know, to find three techniques that can rush the passer like that and do those things. And he's got an opportunity to break the conference sack record this year, uh, which I think is one of the reasons he hung around, you know. Um, got a con- you know and if he breaks the conference sack record, he sets the Chattanooga sack record too because both our guys own the conference sack record. So, you know, it'll, it'll be a, it'll be interesting, but I know he's excited about trying to go for that. So coach, last thing I, I want to ask you about and talking about, especially having a lot of talented guys that are, are capable of going to the NFL, it has become harder than ever. It feels to retain that talent with the transfer portal and, and NIL. I'm just curious, is, has there been any hurdles with, with trying to keep guys uh, from an FCS program? I, I've asked some of the other coaches this, and they, they've not given me the full story, but they've said that they're, you know, it has required maybe a little bit of recruiting to keep some guys. I, you know, we, we try to educate our guys about entering the transfer portal and doing those things. Now, the landscape has changed. The goalposts have moved when you start talking about uh, monetary sources somehow, some way, uh, compared to just being a transfer portal guy. Um, you know, I, I think this is probably our last year. We have not had anybody enter the portal, you know, that on their own. We've had a couple of guys since I've been here enter the portal on their own. Um, this is probably the last year we go through that. I, probably next year we'll have some guys leave on their own and that should hang around. And that's okay. That's just uh, what's happening in college football right now. Um, you try to treat guys the right way. You try to, you know, love them when they need to be loved and get after them when they need to get after them. Be honest and upfront with them. And I think that's one thing we've done pretty good here is we tell the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. We tell them the truth. We don't sugarcoat things. And, you know, 
Uh, we're a little different. I mean, we do have photo shoots and all that kind of stuff when you come on those recruiting visits and do all that. But eventually that photo shoot goes away. You got to line up. You got to go play football. You got to go to school every day. You know, you got to go do the hard things. And um, I think too many times in this day and age that um, kids are more worried about the fluff than they are worried about the substance. And when it gets right down to it, you got to have the substance to go get things done every day. Mm -hmm. And um, we just try to recruit those guys and try to find them, try to keep them. If we do, great. If we don't from now on, we'll figure that out too. Well, Coach, that's all I had for you today. Really appreciate you taking the time to hop on and, and, and chat with me. We're going to be rooting for you this upcoming season. And uh, best of luck this upcoming year. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you.